Over 3,500 years ago, God commanded Moses to build a tabernacle in the wilderness so that he could dwell among his people. Today, learn how the symbolism of the tabernacle finds its ultimate fulfillment in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, on Jewish Voice. Shalom and welcome to Jewish Voice, a program to help you understand the Jewish roots of your Christian faith, Bible prophecy, and world events surrounding Israel. Over 3,500 years ago, God commanded Moses to build a tabernacle in the wilderness. He gave him precise instructions on every detail, the dimensions, the materials, and the furniture that was to be placed inside. The tabernacle was built to provide a way for God to dwell by His Shekinah, His glory, in the midst of the children of Israel. In the book of Hebrews, we're told that the tabernacle was a type or shadow of that which would later come. By studying the tabernacle, we can gain a deeper understanding of Jesus and His atoning death for us. God wants to dwell in our midst today, and the tabernacle provides some amazing lessons. Here to help us understand the relevance of the tabernacle is the senior pastor of Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas, Sean Bernard. Pastor Bernard, welcome. Great to have you on Jewish Voice. It's a Really glad to have you. So tell us why the tabernacle, which is, goes back 3,500 years, is just as relevant today as it was back then. One reason I say is because God is relevant. And uh, when you think about the tabernacle, it's speaking the story of God, of how God has always wanted to dwell with His people and wanted us to dwell in His presence. So, so it's relevant because it foreshadows and it speaks to something um, that we saw revealed in the person of Jesus Christ, Yeshua. Yeah, it's exciting. It's yeah, exciting. Absolutely. Let's discuss why the tabernacle was built and the significance of where it was located. Well, mainly because God commanded Moses to, to construct the tabernacle. God said, I want a sanctuary uh, that would be holy, set apart, consecrated, um, set apart from the camp of the, of the Israelites um, where he could dwell in the midst of his people. Uh, and what's interesting is, is the, the tabernacle was, was really set in the center and the tribes of Israel would, would have surrounded the tabernacle. And that was common in that day and time because a king, when he would go out to battle, his troops would surround the king and all eyes of the troops were on the king. Oh, and so the tribes of Israel would be looking to the tabernacle, which pointed to the fact that, that, that God is our king and he is one we look to for life. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, relationship, so. That's beautiful. You know, what, what amazes me about the tabernacle, and I didn't see this growing up, it, it was part of my heritage, but I didn't see this until I found the Lord, is the precise detail that God spoke to Moses concerning the tabernacle. The dimensions, the materials provided the specific workers by name. Tie that together for us. Well, I think one is because God is a God of order. Uh, and when you think about the specific details, it, uh, it was an opportunity for the people to be obedient to everything that God said. Uh, so when you, when you look at the detail of, of the tabernacle, um, I think it just it shows the very character of God uh, and the importance of, uh, of, of, of every, every, little, every little thing that points to not only who He is, but what He's doing. He's a God of great detail. Absolutely. And amazing that He preordained specific artisans. 
Yeah. He knows every need before we have need of it. He knows every hair on our head. I like to say in my case, that's not a lot of work. More with you. Right. But uh, amazing, amazing revelation of God in all of the different types and shadows of the Old Testament. Talk more maybe the purpose of the tabernacle a little bit because the, the tabernacle served some very key purposes which which you've just touched on. Right. Well, one is, again, it goes back to, I think, the sacrifice. The, the people obviously were sinful people. Uh, and, and here's a holy God dwelling in the midst of sinful people. And the only way they could have a relationship or commune with God was for, for a sacrifice to be made to atone for their sins. And so they had to go before the priest who would consecrate themselves before the Lord before they would even offer the sacrifice on behalf of the people. Uh, and so when you think about the tabernacle and what it speaks, it speaks that there has to be payment for our sin in order for sinful people to dwell in the midst of a holy God. The whole sacrificial system laid out, it helps us to understand why Jesus had to come. Exactly. It points yes, to it beautiful. Points to but for people who may not be familiar with what the tabernacle, the physical tabernacle looked like, mm -hmm. can you give us a picture? There's three areas. Can you right. talk about the three areas? Right. There, there's the courtyard area, the, the outer courtyard area, if you will. Um, I think we're going to bring it yeah, up on has, the screen here. Um, you'll on see the, the curtains that will be surrounded that form the courtyard area. And what I, what I find so fascinating about this is that there's one entrance into the courtyard area and you think about how everything points to and finds its fulfillment in Christ. There's only one way into the very presence of God and that is through Jesus Christ. Um, so you go into the outer courtyard area and you'll notice um, some of the articles of the tabernacle, the altar burnt offering, um, the laver. And then you go into the tabernacle proper itself. Okay, so the first area, the courtyard. Is the courtyard area. And then the second area, the holy place. Right, is the holy place. And in the holy place you would have um, the lampstand, you would have um, the table, the bread of presence, and you'd have the altar of incense. Um, and then that would be separate. We'll talk about yeah. those more just right. after the break. And then the third area. Right, is the most holy place. Uh, and in the most holy place, which was, was the veil separated the holy place from the most holy place, you would find the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, and on, on the Ark of the Covenant would be the mercy seat, um, where the cherubim would be obviously the, the guardians of God's majesty. You wouldn't want to touch that. You would not want to touch that. Well, we're going to talk about the specifics uh, when we come back. We have to take a quick break. When we come back, Sean is going to explain how the priest's activities in the tabernacle foreshadowed the coming of the Messiah. Lots more. We'll be right back. Jewish voices dedicated to proclaiming the gospel, the good news that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah to the Jew first and also to the nations. One way we do this is by helping some of the most impoverished and needy Jewish people in the world. Even more important than the physical relief our medical help provides is the opportunity to share God's love through the good news of Yeshua. Today, we are just weeks away from our next medical clinic in Ethiopia to help a remote tribe known as the Gafat, descendants of one of the lost tribes of Israel. Our volunteer medical professionals will be providing medical care, dental care, and eye care, all free of charge to thousands of men, women, and children, many of whom have never even seen a doctor or dentist. Will you help these precious people? Every gift, large or small, will make a difference in someone's life. As you respond with a gift of $50 or more, we will send you an incredible spiritual resource, The Rose Guide to the Tabernacle. As you read this book, you'll come to understand the symbolism of the tabernacle and how today, 3,500 years after it was built by Moses, those truths can still bring blessing into your life. With this book, you'll discover how the tabernacle finds its ultimate fulfillment in Jesus 
the Messiah. Gain a deeper understanding of how the tabernacle allowed God to manifest his glory among the children of Israel in the wilderness and how he still longs to manifest his glory in our lives today. And you'll be able to see inside the tabernacle as you enjoy the book's beautiful illustrations, detailed overlays, as well as useful diagrams and charts that will help you to understand the prophetic significance of the tabernacle as a shadow of that which was to come. In addition, we also want to send you this Jewish voice spinning keychain with our logo, the Star of David and a sheaf of wheat, symbolic of the great Jewish harvest that will happen before Jesus returns. On one side, you'll see the reminder to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and on the other is Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. It's a beautiful and useful item and a great reminder that real peace is found only in Him. And as an additional bonus, we'll also give you a one-year subscription to our Jewish Voice Today magazine. This is a bi-monthly magazine that focuses on some really important topics pertaining to Israel, Bible prophecy, and the Jewish roots of your faith. Please call, click, or write now. And please be as generous as possible. When you respond, you'll be providing life-saving medical help to very needy Jewish people, and you'll receive these ministry resources that will bless and inspire you. And they'll also be a constant reminder of your partnership with us to demonstrate His love to people around the globe. Thank you. I'm back with Pastor Sean Bernard, and we're talking about why the tabernacle is as significant today as it was over 30 500 years ago when God told Moses to build a tabernacle in the wilderness. Now, Sean, before we left off, we began to introduce the idea of, of the furnishings, and we're going to go into those in detail. But I want you just to recap, why is all this so important? Because it tells the, it tells the bigger story of God. I mean, every article of the tabernacle that God had specifically given details about is pointing to and foreshadowing the Messiah who would come. And he's telling the story of redemption, of how God would offer redemption through His Son, Jesus Christ, who would be the sacrifice for our sins. So each article tells the story of, of Christ. It's all laid out for us. Well, let's look at some of the specific things inside the tabernacle that come up on the monitor. So what do we have here? Now, this is the, the table of the bread of presence. And so as the priest would walk into the holy place, um, to the right would be the table of the bread of presence. And on that would be 12 uh, uh, loaves of bread that would be stacked. Um, that represent the 12 tribes of Israel, Israel. But again, everything in Scripture points to and finds its fulfillment in Christ. And so we know that Jesus Christ is the one who was really the manna from heaven, that God sent, God in the flesh, Jesus Christ coming, being born in Bethlehem, which is the house of bread. bread. Jesus referring right. to Himself as being the bread of life. And so we see that at, the, at this bread of presence, which really this table here, one of the most intimate places in Hebrew culture is the table, this intimacy being drawn in and communing uh, with God the Father through His Son Jesus Christ. And the only way we can have that communion with God is through His Son Jesus Christ, who is our sustenance. He is the bread of life. Uh, so that's what the bread of presence represents and points to. Okay, let's go on to the next. Uh, this this be, is all in the holy place. Right, the holy place. Uh, this is the lampstand, uh, obviously made of gold, like all of the articles that were in the holy place. Um, and which speaks of God's immeasurable worth, which I think is incredibly fascinating. But as you look at the lampstand, obviously this was the only source of light um, that was in the holy place that would that would 
illuminate what was taking place. The priests were responsible for trimming the wicks, making sure the oil was in the lampstand. And when you think about the lampstand pointing to Christ, Jesus said of himself, I am the light of the world. He also said to us as believers that we're the light of the world because Christ is in us. And when you look at the fact that there are three uh, lampstands that each that go up on either side, the number six pointing to man, Christ being the center of that all, the fact that he is, that we're grafted into Christ, we are in Christ as believers, Jesus said. But also when you look at the light, just as each article is strategically placed in the tabernacle for a purpose, you and I have been strategically placed in this world to be the light of Christ. Uh, to reflect His glory and to shine His light out. So when I look at the lamps now, I think about of the fact that Christ came to the world to be light in this dark place. So lot to light. Lot to, there's lot a lot to, to light. light. Let's move on to the next one. Still in the holy place. All right. This is the altar of incense, and there was they were given a specific recipe of what they would offer on the altar of incense. The priest would burn this, and this would be the prayers of Israel that would go up before God as a fragrant aroma, uh, this sweet incense before Him. And so they would burn this on the altar of incense, and obviously the high priest would take um, some of these uh, coals back with him as he would peel back the veil to go into the most holy place. Um, but that represents the prayers of the people that would go up before God and how when we pray to Him, that's a fragrant aroma because we are again in relating to Him and how Christ is the one who is These are all such key words, bread, light, light. incense. incense. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the next I think we're going to look at the veil itself. The veil, which was a very imposing thing. When you look at the veil, it was a visual reminder of the fact that we are separated from a holy God because of our sinfulness. Um, and that there is nothing we can do as mankind to, to tear that veil apart. It's very imposing. And woven into it were the cherubim, which were the guardians of God's majesty. So when you think about when Adam and Eve were, were, were banished from the Garden of Eden, what was placed at the, at the entrance of the Garden of Eden to keep them from coming to the Tree of Life, the cherubim who would be there. And so understanding that they're the guardians of, of the majesty of God, um, I think it was Josephus who said that this, that this veil could have been as thick as four inches. Um, and it could not be torn by man, obviously. But when Jesus died on the cross, His body was torn for us. The veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom, which symbolized the fact that we didn't initiate salvation. God did. What a moment God. that must have been. Can you huh? imagine being there? What an, and it was huge, too. Right. But it's all of us are separated from God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Okay, now let's do what few dare to do. We're, let's move inside the veil to the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies was a, really a forbidden place. Absolutely. Yeah, the, only the high priest would go back uh, once a year, the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, would go back and make the, the offering, would, would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat seven times um, from the sacrifice that was made. And very carefully, very too. Very carefully would do yeah. that. And the rabbi said they used to, he would have a rope tied around his ankle right. in yeah. case he died so they could pull him out. Because nobody was going to go in and get them. Right. And on their priestly garments there would be bells as well. So uh, understanding that, that they were walking into the very presence of God. You don't approach God's presence casually. Um, and that's true for us today. It's a high-risk position. It is a high-risk position. Okay, so let's look now inside the ark. Inside the Ark of the Covenant obviously were the Ten Commandments, the commandments of God um, that were placed in there, the law. Um, and when you think about everything pointing to Jesus Christ, 
the fact that Jesus is the Word made flesh. He fulfilled the law so that He might become our righteous sacrifice. Then you look at the jar of manna. Again, God's provision, how Jesus Christ is our provision uh, for a relationship with God. And then you have the rod of Aaron's staff that budded, which spoke to Him being the chosen priest. And Jesus Christ is our chosen high priest. He is the chosen one. So you look at the elements in the ark itself and you can see that Jesus Christ fulfilled all of those things and everything pointed to Him. In every detail. In such every great detail. detail. Okay, last one, the mercy seat. Right. The mercy seat, the mercy seat. Um, is what the, the priest would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat, which again um, says that our sin has been exposed and it's the blood that covers. Um, and, and because the blood is the covering, God is merciful towards us that, that Jesus Christ was God's merciful provision to be the sacrifice for us so that we could be in relationship with Him. It's all there. It's just all there. Everything the gospel to Jesus. is all there. We just have time for one more question. Talk about how the priest's activities in the tabernacle directly foreshadow the coming of Messiah. Well, when you think about the priest performing the sacrifice, Jesus Himself is our high priest. He became the sacrifice for us. And so now we don't have to make sacrifices daily, um, make sacrifices once a year. Jesus Christ, as Hebrew speaks of, is our high priest and He has fulfilled the role of high priest um, who goes before us. He was the unblemished, spotless Lamb of God, as John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And because of that, because He laid down His life for us willingly, we can, through Jesus Christ, our High Priest, have a relationship with God. And I so love the Scripture that um, we've been redeemed not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of the Messiah shed for us. Once and for all, by the way, I love the topic. Thanks for coming and sharing with us, Pastor Sean. I appreciate it. Great Thank you job. so much. Yeah. If you want to understand God's desire to dwell among His people, I really want to encourage you to get a copy of the Rose Guide to the Tabernacle with its beautiful illustrations and detailed diagrams of the tabernacle. It will definitely help you to understand God's plan of redemption for all of us. We'll be right back. Jewish Voices dedicated to proclaiming the gospel, the good news that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah to the Jew first and also to the nations. One way we do this is by helping some of the most impoverished and needy Jewish people in the world. Even more important than the physical relief our medical help provides is the opportunity to share God's love through the good news of Yeshua. Today, we are just weeks away from our next medical clinic in Ethiopia to help a remote tribe known as the Gafat, descendants of one of the lost tribes of Israel. Our volunteer medical professionals will be providing medical care, dental care, and eye care, all free of charge to thousands of men, women, and children, many of whom have never even seen a doctor or dentist. Will you help these precious people? Every gift, large or small, will make a difference in someone's life. As you respond with a gift of $50 or more, we will send you an incredible spiritual resource, the Rose Guide to the Tabernacle, as you read this book, you'll come to understand the symbolism of the tabernacle and how today, 3,500 years after it was built by Moses, those truths can still bring blessing into your life. With this book, you'll discover how the tabernacle finds its ultimate fulfillment in Jesus, the Messiah. Gain a deeper understanding of how the tabernacle allowed God to manifest His glory among the children of Israel in the wilderness, and how He still longs to manifest His glory in our lives today. And you'll be able to see inside the tabernacle as you enjoy the book's beautiful illustrations, detailed overlays, 
as well as useful diagrams and charts that will help you to understand the prophetic significance of the tabernacle as a shadow of that which was to come. In addition, we also want to send you this Jewish voice spinning keychain with our logo, the Star of David and a sheaf of wheat, symbolic of the great Jewish harvest that will happen before Jesus returns. On one side, you'll see the reminder to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and on the other is Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. It's a beautiful and useful item and a great reminder that real peace is found only in Him. And as an additional bonus, we'll also give you a one-year subscription to our Jewish Voice Today magazine. This is a bi-monthly magazine that focuses on some really important topics pertaining to Israel, Bible prophecy, and the Jewish roots of your faith. Please call, click, or write now. And please be as generous as possible. When you respond, you'll be providing life-saving medical help to very needy Jewish people, and you'll receive these ministry resources that will bless and inspire you. And they'll also be a constant reminder of your partnership with us to demonstrate His love to people around the globe. Thank you. Jesus is coming back soon, and that's why we exist as a ministry, to proclaim Yeshua to the world while there's still time. One Jewish community that we're reaching out to is the Beta Israel, the House of Israel in Ethiopia. Jewish Voice now holds three outreaches there every year to provide medical care, dental care, eye care, eyeglasses, medicines, all completely free of charge. But most importantly, we tell them about their Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua. Here's a close look at the Beta Israel, the House of Israel in Gondar, Ethiopia. I am so happy to be here. Um, I was here three years ago, and I've been dying to come back ever since. There's, there's, it's hard to find words to describe how, what it's like to actually be here. You know, you see things on TV, you hear about it from your friends, but when you're actually here, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother ball field. When you look outside of the clinic at the masses of humanity, thousands of people waiting to get in, it truly is about helping a multitude. But for our volunteers, it's that one life that uh, was transformed that touched their heart. Imagine a life of hardship, hunger, and despair, teetering on a knife-edge existence with no promise of tomorrow. Your health has been on the decline for years, and there exists no state or county clinic to help you. You're on your own. As an Ethiopian Jew, part of the Beta Israel community, you are an outcast, marginalized by society, and despised by neighbors. This is the harsh reality for so many here. This is the life of Wakaya Gedi. Today, she's making the difficult journey over the hilly and dusty roads of Gondar, dodging cars, goat herds, and crowds of people, a hike that will take her an hour and a half on blistered feet. But she's heard about the clinic, and it's a once-in-a-lifetime chance to get the medical attention she desperately needs, having endured abdominal pain brought on by complications during pregnancy. This will be the very first time she sees a physician. Dr. Lawrence is an emergency room doctor from Dallas. He wants to check her heart and lung functions to assess her overall health. Now treating her for her pain, but uh, she's gonna need to go to the GYN for a continued workup. Dr. Fajardo from Columbia is a specialist at the clinic and was able to give her an ultrasound on site to aid in her diagnosis. It's the very first medical treatment of such she has ever received. 
and she is most likely unaware of the important role it plays in her health care. I just found out that this was the first time that she had seen a doctor. And um, if that problem keeps going, they will need to be repaired surgically. If you do all the prevention before, she will prevent surgery. She will prevent a lot of problems in the long run. Here in the prayer tent, she meets with volunteers who administer much-needed prayer for her health and family, as well as encouragement in hopes of lifting her spirit that is understandably downtrodden, offering a chance to unload the tremendous burden she shoulders each day. Hearing the good news of Yeshua, the spiritual counseling she receives is perhaps the first time she is told that while she has been abandoned, she is not forgotten or alone that God sees her plight and is reaching out to her even this very day through these volunteers acting as the hands and his feet of Yeshua. We'd love to have you join us on our next medical outreach. To volunteer, you can email us at outreach at jvmi.org. Org. Again, that's outreach at jvmi.org. We'll be right back. Jewish Voice is returning to Waliso, Ethiopia to bring life-saving medical care and the good news of Yeshua to one of the most impoverished Jewish communities in the world, the remaining Jews living in Ethiopia. As we head into 2014, we need committed Christians like you to join us in Waliso, Ethiopia from February 28th to March 9th to help us bring free medical care in the gospel to what may very well be one of the lost tribes of Israel. Please come with us. We need medical, dental, and eye care professionals, prayer room workers, and anyone simply willing to help. There are so many Ethiopian Jews who are hurting and they need our help. You can make a difference and God will use you to change lives forever. You can be a blessing to the Jewish people. For further information, call or log on to our website right now. Since 1967, Jewish Voice has been dedicated to proclaiming the good news that Yeshua, Jesus, is Messiah and Savior to the Jew first and also to the nations. One way that we do this is by helping some of the most impoverished and needy Jewish people in the world. We've been able to demonstrate God's love by providing these people with medical care, eye care, dental care, medicines, all completely free of charge. But most importantly, we share the gospel. And it's because of your faithful support that we're able to make a difference in their lives. As our way of saying thank you, I'd like to send you the Rose Guide to the Tabernacle. This outstanding resource is packed with information. There's uh, beautiful illustrations, there's charts, there's diagrams, there's overlays. It is absolutely loaded. It's, this is the type of book that you would display on your coffee table. It is just so filled with information. Now, along with this terrific book, I'd also like to send you a very unique Jewish Voice product. This is a two-tone spinning keychain that has our logo on it, which is the Star of David with wheat, the Jewish harvest. On one side, there's a reminder to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And on the other side is Psalm 46 tenths, which says, be still and know that I am God. It's a beautiful symbol. It's a great tool 
that can be used to share your faith. And as an additional bonus, when you order these products, I also want to send you a one-year subscription to our Jewish Voice Today magazine. This is a bi-monthly magazine about some really important topics pertaining to Israel, Bible prophecy, and the Jewish roots of your faith. It's a great resource, and I want to get it into your hands. And remember, if you choose to receive these materials, your gift will be used to help some of the most impoverished and needy Jewish people in the world. Hey, by the way, we're on Facebook. You can check us out by going to facebook.com slash Jewish Voice and just click friend. We'd love to have you as our friend on Facebook. Well, we're out of time again today. I want to remind you, as I do in every program, because it's so important, the Bible exhorts us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and then tells us they shall prosper that love thee. So pray for Israel every day this week and receive God's prosperity, his shalom. Till next week, this is Jonathan Bernis saying shalom and God bless you. Jewish Voice is made possible by the support of friends and partners like you. 